So good morning to RJ. Dude, RJ. Morning. How's it feel? I know you're not the biggest NBA guy, but it's hard not to be right now. How does it feel that the Milwaukee Bucks are one win away from a championship? Pretty crazy. Isn't it nuts? Something, you know, like I said, back in 2001, I gave up on the NBA. When the <laughs> NBA gave up on the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, uh, wow. Rowdy. Rowdy did make a a bold prediction. He said, "Do you th- or uh, a question? I should say, do you think the the NBA overlords are going to rig it in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks? Because it's been fifty years, right, Rowdy? I think that's what you said. Yeah, you know, got to give the little guy one here and there just yeah. to keep him coming back. It's one of those storylines that fits just too perfectly. Oh know? my God, I know. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is back on the Bucks bandwagon, kind of like last year. It fit the narrative perfectly for the Lakers to win. Yeah. Yeah, with Kobe. Yeah. In fact, I think Rowdy called that one. Yeah, he did. I think a lot of them were calling the Lakers to win that one. But mm-hmm. but Rowdy's like, yeah, watch them. They're going to have the, uh, what was it, Rowdy, the purple lights to <laughs> yep. to kill COVID. With the, 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 and to the honor Kobe. And, and, honor and Kobe. for the Lakers to win. And what happened? Lakers, Lakers won. won. Now it's uh, they 50 could, years. They couldn't let LeBron have two slam dunks. Well, I guess We'll just say one slam dunk with his movie and an NBA Finals. No, that was too much. Yeah, that was too much. That would have been too much stardom too fast, especially for a guy like LeBron. Yeah, they let him have his tequila the uh, last game in Phoenix. They let him have his tequila on the sidelines to promote it. Uh, they wouldn't let him have the Space Jam movie being good, but they did have him. He that, probably just wouldn't know how to, how to handle all the stardom. It's not like he's hardly had any. <laughs> no, no. It's not like he wouldn't name another one of his kids uh, LeBron, Ju- LeBron Jr. Jr. You know, when, does it work like that? No, at least <laughs> no, it should. It, it could. His middle name could be George, Junior. George uh, Foreman has George one through seven, and uh, his, his daughter's uh, name is George, Georgina. Georgina or Georgetta, yeah. something like that. I think it's Georgina or Georgette. Yeah, one of the other. Yeah. LeBron the third. LeBron Junior. 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 The middle name could be Junior. Anyways, <laughs> Brandon Jennings, RJ, once said Bucks in six, and we laughed at him sure going did. against LeBron James, and it became a joke. Yeah, I mean it. Became a tongue-in-cheek joke, but then it also became. It's, it was a lot of things. It I, is a lot of things. I've never seen an organization though hop on it like the Bucks did. Right? They turned it into a saying. I mean, everybody was saying it to begin with, but then the Bucks hopped on. They're like, "Yep, might as well make it ours." Oh, this is ours now. The it was a joke, and then it became an actual thing, right? And uh, now it will actually become a real living, breathing entity. The prophecy could be fulfilled. Now, a lot of people said the prophecy was fulfilled against the Brooklyn Nets when it was, or I'm sorry, the uh, Atlanta Hawks when they beat them in six, but that wasn't for an NBA championship. It still was Bucks in six, though. It was Bucks in six. He did not spend, it was not specified on winning a championship in six. Yeah, you're correct. When Brandon Jennings was asked, it was specifically about the series against the Heat. Yeah. So they ended up getting swept. Mm-hmm. But now, if it happens, wow. Uh, boys, real quick, I did see this funny uh, this funny thing that a listener sent me last night. We were talking about the Phoenix Suns and how weird their fan base was yesterday. Yeah. And Rowdy brought up the guy that had like the <laughs> the hundred the hundred dollar bills that he was flashing. He sure was. You've seen the I said you've all heard of the meme of Scumbag Steve, <laughs> which is the guy that's wearing like the fur coat and the hat and looking like a, just a douche in the meme picture of Scumbag Steve, and they're now naming this guy. I present to you Dirtbag Dave. Dirtbag Dave is the guy with the uh, the hundreds as he's flashing it across the screen. Rowdy, do you do you okay the name Dirtbag Dave? Sure. I kind of like Douchebag Dave. Yeah, because Dirtbag. Eh. This guy just this guy just looks more of a douchebag than a dirtbag. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he could fall under both. Yeah, probably good. He he's, he looks more like How a douche than a dirt. Triple D. Dirtbag douche <laughs> Dave. Dave. I like that. There you go. Douchey Dirtbag Dave. The triple D, not to be confused with diners, drive-ins, and or dives. Douchey Dave the dirtbag. I mean, it all works. You just throw it all in there and see what happens. Dave the douchey dirtbag. Rowdy did say, "What did that tweet you saw? That uh, one guy was saying, I want, I don't want the Bucks to lose, but I also would like to see him go back to Phoenix just to see one more time with the yeah, fan just base to see like. the fan base one more time from Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be getting uh, all the stars at the Pfizer Forum tonight, and then 65,000 fans will be in attendance yeah. at the Deer District the, uh, outside of the Pfizer Forum. That's pretty wild, dude. They've opened, I've seen the aerial shots. They've made that, like, the whole block now. Oh, my God, it's insane. It's I know, ridiculous. I have a little uh, layout of it. It's uh, pretty insane yeah. what they all have going. 
and they're shutting down like every street in downtown. It's going to be like a big old pedestrian mall for starting like before rush hour. You got the Brewers game at 310. Good luck getting in and out of downtown tonight. You got the, get the Brewers game at 310. Yep. And the uh, gates open for the Deer District six hours, uh, or sorry, six hours, six o'clock, two hours before tip-off. So good luck. Good luck leaving the Brewers game, too. Well, okay, so if you're a Milwaukee oh, Brewer. this way. It's yeah, you can be, be okay. that bad. Normal games, <laughs> what, three <laughs> hours? Okay. And the average game's like three, three hours ten. and ten minutes. Yeah. So yeah. obviously you'll be done off the field by 6.30. Still got to shower and get all your stuff from the clubhouse. And then go to the game. And then get from yeah, how are they gonna Miller get Park they're to... They're going to get airlifted in. Are they going to get a helicopter? And you only have Please about... escort in. At, at the best, you'll have an hour and a half to do so. Yeah. Like how the hell? And then if the game, well, that's if the game doesn't go extras. But how the hell? How the hell is Yelly Brewers legend Craig Council and they're company going to get there? They're just going to make it a seven inning game. Yeah, they're MLB's like, going to hey, be like, it's going to count. It'll count. Just Don't make worry it about seven it. Innings. Like, we're getting rid of the seven inning things next season. None of your stats are going to count. It doesn't matter. But you know what? It's an official game. I wanted to celebrate, obviously, the let's say celebrate the life. He's still alive. Celebrate Giannis Antetokounmpo. And what he's been able to accomplish with the Milwaukee Bucks. But with what's happening tonight, uh, the Bucks potentially winning in six, I do have to uh, get this out there because Brandon Jennings was once asked, We just going to go out there and play basketball and win. And win? Yeah. And how many games? Six. We're going to win in six. It's for the Craig, culture. Is that Craig Seeger asking the question? Um, and I have the actual video, the live audio of it. I played a little earlier. I played again coming up here. Uh, but they don't show who it is. It, but it sounds a little bit like it. You don't have to play it again. I just oh, I'm gonna play it again a little later. In, in my head, there. It was uh, April 18th, the year of 2013. Brandon Jennings is asked <laughs> <laughs> against the Miami Heat. LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. You know what? What are you guys gonna do? Six. Bucks, and then he, gonna couple, win. a couple years later, he's like, "What do you want me to say?" Yeah, <laughs> like, what do you want? We're gonna, we're gonna get lose two more and like, be done. <laughs> no, so that was uttered, muttered, said, and then people took it as a joke, and then it kind of turned oh, into what it is now. If the Bucks win the NBA Finals tonight, it will be in six. Time for the number of the day. I love ah, this. Ah, ah. Isn't that exciting? I made this years Let's ago. find out. <laughs> like eight years ago? One. One. Two. Two. Oh, the suspense. Three. Three. Four. Four. Oh, the mystery. Five. Five. Whatever will the number be? Six. We're going to win a six. That'll get your juices flowing. Bucks and six always. That's for the culture. Oofta. Unbelievable. All right, boys. So with this, the Pfizer form is going to be obviously sold out. The Deer District, they're adding to up to 65,000 people. That- How many people do you they're, think they're actually make it? it to another five acres. Five acres. They're adding. They're expanding five acres. So, That's yeah, insane. it'll be up to... 65,000. Yeah, 65, what did you say, Rowdy? How many people do you think end up making the trek to Milwaukee and being outside? Like 80,000? Boatload. It's supposed to be perfect in Milwaukee. Today. It'll be like it'll be like the next version of Woodstock. And there's like, you'll have how many people are at Woodstock? 18,000 inside. I guarantee the Deer District will fill. So you get another 65 there. Then you have... Oh, there's 400,000 the, people at Woodstock. The You know, dozens of bars that are just right around there. You're probably going to be close to around 100, 150,000 people yeah. in downtown Milwaukee. No doubt. Tonight. There's no doubt about it. If not more. Yeah. you'll. I would love to, God, if you could just find the actual number and somehow if someone, we call Dave, Dave Essler again, one of the stars, or Raphael, to talk like over under on people, bodies down there. I mean, it's, I did see a funny yeah, tweet crazy. last night where it was. I think it was something along the lines of me contemplating my my car going up uh, in smoke after the Bucks winning, but sacrifices have to be made. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the one thing that has always that always like boggled my mind when a sports team wins a championship. To Rowdy's point, got to set something on when fire. you go out and you flip cars and start setting them on fire or start breaking windows. It's like let's not do that. We already had a summer of that. Uh, it's a joyous two summers ago. Occasion. 
when it was when we already had to suffer through that. Let's not destroy things. Let's just celebrate. Where is it? Isn't it in uh, West Virginia where they burn couches? Yes, <laughs> but they burn couches like all the time. It's I not feel even like that's, a, that's not even, even because they, they win. They burn couches. That's all the time. even way more, I think, safer than yeah. burning and smashing cars. Yeah, let's not. Yeah. Let's if the Bucks do do it, let's not. There's not a gas smash tank cars. there. No. <laughs> Two summers ago, I saw downtown it's Madison. To a little bonfire. I saw downtown Madison with a cop car on fire and a bunch of uh, dumpsters on fire. I would prefer if that didn't happen in Milwaukee. So let's let's just celebrate responsibly. But boys, I saw this headline. I had to chuckle at this. It's from uh, Channel Three Thousand. Tickets for Game Six are probably out of your price range. That's that's literally the headline. They're not wrong. They're not. That, that was also on the news. It was the cryon. The sh- tickets for Game Six are out of your price range. Yeah. In fact, it was so funny this morning. So um, the farm show was on before us from 5 to 6. The mm-hmm. fabulous farm babe, Pam Yaki. God love her. Well, she was uh, a rare vacation day for her as the two farm assistants were in, Aaron and uh, Stephanie. And Stephanie said, I heard you and Rowdy, your little piece this morning at 530 because we replaced something from our show, right? Yep. And it was about the the tickets. And Stephanie looks at me and she goes, I was actually going to go buy a ticket today and <laughs> go to the Pfizer Forum to watch the Bucks." And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, you must be a new fan. Like, you must, you must be just now getting onto the bandwagon, which is fine. Come aboard and celebrate. She goes, so I was going to buy that and go to the Pfizer Forum to watch the Bucks tonight. And then I heard you're in Rowdy's, uh, Nelson's piece. And then I went and actually looked it up. She goes, yeah, tickets are like $2,000 to $17,000. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not. <laughs> like I said, you're not yesterday, getting there. The, the lowest cost one I saw on Vivid Seats um, was $1,000 per ticket. Was that yesterday? Yeah, that was yesterday morning. It's probably yeah. gone up by now. Yeah. <laughs> Either those are gone or somebody already's like, I want to up the price. And you you obviously see all the prices going up on those. Yeah. But what about the guys that are going to be, you know, flashing their hundred dollar bills? No, haw- <laughs> hawking tickets outside the stadium in the area. Ooh. They're going to. They're gonna have so much cash on hand if you're selling tickets. My goodness. Maybe they got card readers now. They they've gone to Squarespace. I was gonna, I was <laughs> gonna say that could be dangerous. If yeah. you got if you got like a hundred and fifty thousand people down there and you got dudes hawking tickets and you're like you got got wads of cash, you better you better be careful. Yeah, you better be damn careful. Because well, I mean, just imagine if you sell like five tickets that are. Closer to 2000 I mean, you have ten grand in cash on you. All right, I'm looking right here. Uh, I'm at SeatGeek.com. And that's, that's not a situation I want to be in. This is almost nosebleeds, but you are looking at the cheapest ticket, $1,077. The next cheapest, and this is legitimately... Why are these so cheap compared to the actual nosebleeds? <laughs> then if you, There's probably like some oh, like, it's standing room. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> A standing room only ticket. Oh, that's that little balcony yeah. area? A standing room only ticket is $1,077. Or if you want actual tickets, it's seven. It's $1,800. Is that when you're... Uh, and this is the nose, nose, nosebleeds. Or you're standing out on the patio that's overlooking the Deer District? <laughs> yeah. Well, this, it says SRO, standing room only, general oh. admission, standing room only. Lowest price, one ticket, $1,077. Oh, and they have rows for standing room only? I, I guess. Here's a. This is on Vivid Seats now. Standing room only. Row G A one. One thousand one hundred and fourteen dollars. Okay, there you go. There's a, a little cheaper one. Um, oh, standing room only. Three. Row two. No clue what that means. <laughs> if you uh, want to go. One thousand one hundred seventeen. If you want to go, and this is not even courtside. If you want to be in section one twenty one, row twelve. This is not even courtside. You are paying thirteen thousand dollars, and you're not even you're not even front. You're you're in the first uh, bowl. Yeah, thirteen thousand dollars. If you do want courtside, seventeen thousand eight hundred forty-five dollars for one ticket. Section four. You think they're pulling out those sections now, and I it's going to be a full house, full house. Well, if they than... want more money, they will. Yeah. I assume they're in the business of making money. Yeah, Rowdy. RJ? Well, one, I'm questioning why those weren't pulled out from the start. Two, I'm sure they will be now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. Incredible. Oh, we're celebrating everything Milwaukee Bucks today. Not putting the cart ahead of the horse, right? They still got to go out and take care of business tonight at the Pfizer Forum. It's going to be lit. Rowdy, there is some uh, some stuff I wanted to get to when it comes to Giannis Adendokounmpo. 
I was out there uh, yesterday watching old clips of Giannis's rookie year, held his debut. It was against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they were constantly talking about how they expect a lot out of this young, wiry kid who looks like the body type of Kevin Durant. Just needed to add a couple more pounds. Expecting a lot of him in this Bucks organization, but not sure what they were going to get because of how raw he was and is in the 2013-14 season where the Bucks won 15 games. Well, during uh, that season, Giannis Adenokounmpo, he took his parents, his mom and his dad, his, his dad, unfortunately, has passed away since. But he took his mom and his dad to then the Bradley Center and was showing off the rafters hanging you know, in, the, in the Bradley Center. And it was you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's number hanging up there, Oscar Robertson's number hanging up there. And Giannis, now it's an older video. It's kind of uh, some background noise, so bear with me here. But you still can hear Giannis talking to his parents. This is Giannis talking to his parents about what he wants to do, hopefully, in his career with the Milwaukee Bucks. Very, very awesome. Take a listen. All these guys that are legends because the number retired. In the team in Greece, you know how my number retired. Maybe in 15 years, 20 years, maybe my number is up there next to Kareem Oscar Robinson. I hope I'm there. Giannis says maybe in the next 15 to 20 years, my number's up there alongside a Kareem and Oscar Robinson, Oscar Robinson, I hope I'm up there. Incredible. That was his when he was 19 years old, saying that to his mom and his dad. Fast forward a couple of years, Giannis Adenokounmpo is getting his MVP award, and he has this to say. There, there's some dramatic music. There's some uh, other clips of, I mean, you can't see it, but there's some dramatic clips, and there's Giannis talking while getting his MVP award. Uh, two, two years ago, in, um, you know, I had to go in my head. That I'm going, I'm going to be the best player in the league. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever it takes to help my team win, and I'm going to win the MVP. And uh, every, day, every day that I step on the floor, I always think about my dad, and that motivates me and it pushes me to you know, play hard and move forward. Even though when my body's sore, even though when I, I don't feel like playing, I always going to show up and I always going to do the right thing. Uh, I want to thank my amazing brothers. So Giannis's dad unfortunately passes away. Giannis goes and gives that speech after he wins his MVP. Very emotional. And now Giannis is here in the NBA Finals, averaging 32 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. He averaged more than LeBron James. He averages more than Kevin Durant. He averages more than Steph Curry. He averages more than Kobe Bryant. He averages more than Shaquille O'Neal when it comes to points, rebounds, and assists in the NBA Finals. Giannis is the only player in the history of the NBA Finals to do so. Rowdy, Giannis Adenokounmpo is the truth. This guy is on the precipice of bringing home an NBA Finals trophy to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for the Bucks the first time in 50 years. And it's just one more game. It's one game away. One game away for the Greek Freak and the Milwaukee Bucks. Absolutely incredible of how far this organization has come. It is rookie year to where they are now. Wow. Rowdy, I, I mean, I can't say this enough. They won 15 games his rookie year. Now they're one win away from an NBA Finals yeah, and I know we've said that I've I know I've said this before, but back in that year when it looked like it was going to be the Milwaukee Bucks were going to have a good chance at winning that lottery, and they were going to either get Andrew Wiggins or Jabari Parker. I was pro Jabari Parker. I wanted Jabari Parker more than Andrew Wiggins. Oh yeah, same. And then when it it fell, where the Bucks were going to get the number two pick, the Cavaliers had the one pick, and the Cavs were in on Wiggins. Nice. Yes. Let's go. Jabari Parker's coming to the Milwaukee Bucks. He's going to be there and that's going to be the guy. And hopefully this kid from uh, Greece will turn into something. And you started kind of talking about the team being built that way. Yeah. That's exactly how it didn't go. (laughs) But yet here they are in the NBA finals, one game away, having the opportunity to being able to wrap it up in Milwaukee at the Pfizer forum. Yeah. Uh, Here's another article I found about Giannis. This was uh, seven years ago. 
Seven years ago, Giannis Adendakumbo says to the city of Milwaukee, I promise. He says, until we build the team to a championship level, I'll never leave the team and I'll never leave the city of Milwaukee until I bring a championship. Well, hopefully if they do bring a championship, Giannis doesn't leave. I don't think he's going to with the Supermax contract. But Giannis Adendakumbo tweeted out on July 16th, 2014, I'll never leave the team and the city of Milwaukee till we build the team to a championship level team. It has now been, um, you know, quite some time, and here they are again, one game away for the Greek Freak, which has been just wild, absolutely incredible. Um, and it's all this guy that was literally playing in an old dilapidated gym in Greece that uh, John Hammond decided to take a flyer on, flew out, was impressed, saw some grainy YouTube videos like it was like the Sasquatch, the the old Sasquatch video. He saw this and said, you know what, I believe in this guy. And then, Rowdy, to your point, I mean, when they drafted Jabari Parker, we thought Jabari Parker would be the number one, and Giannis would be the sidekick. Boy, were we, boy was everyone wrong on that one, as Giannis Denikumbo, the clear-cut number one. And most people couldn't even tell you what team Jabari Parker even plays for. Yeah, yeah. I don't, we looked it up. Was it the Clippers? I don't know. He's bounced around quite a bit. I don't remember. We did briefly look it up. That was yeah. a week or two ago. Celtics. I just looked it up. Wouldn't, 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 wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. But, I mean, I'd even go one further, and even earlier this year, I never thought that the Milwaukee Bucks could win an NBA championship with the roster the way it was constructed, with Chris Middleton being so inconsistent, with Giannis not being able to shoot free throws well or develop really much of an outside shot at all. I didn't even think it would be possible. Now, I know the Nets had some injuries, but they got past them, and now they're here. Yeah, it's crazy just how everything's fallen the way of the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, as this uh, this playoffs, you know, progressed. Heat, revenge, dominated them. You get the Brooklyn Nets, injury rears this ugly head for the Nets, which I can't believe people make the argument that there should be an asterisk or this and that. It's like, no, no. It's called sports. You know, James Harden's got the hamstring injury. Kyrie, like, I don't think you can make an ankle. asterisk saying, oh, the Bucks." The Bucks shouldn't have won that series. There were injuries, but I think it's you can definitely say, hey, they did have injuries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, there's I mean, a little bit of a difference. There. I mean, Bucks had injuries. Dante DiVincenzo's out, obviously not on the same realm as James Harden and Kyrie. But here's the thing: injuries happen in all professional sports. All right, Rowdy. Something you said today, uh, earlier this morning, and I finally put the Twitter poll up because I just remembered it. Shame on me. But it was this: we pl- I played this clip. And then Rowdy had a question, and, and Terry also jogged my memory when he called in to talk, and he, as he calls him, Hollywood Rogers. And uh, let's see here. It was April 18th, the year of 2013. A young buck, Brandon Jennings, was asked this question. You're going to hear a little supercut here. confident in this. I'm sure everybody's writing us off. How do I see the series? Um, I think it's going to be a good one, an exciting one. I know everybody's counting us out. I, I see us winning the series in six. So we just going to go out there and play basketball and win. How many again? Six. We're going to be, we're going to win in six. Well, I mean, Bucks in six. I mean, what else was I supposed to say? We're going to lose and we're going to get swept? I mean, you know, you're supposed to go into the playoffs with confidence. I mean, especially when we were playing Miami Heat, the number one team in the East. Um, we definitely had nothing to lose. Um, but, yeah, Bucks and six always. That's, that's for the culture. Brandon Jennings mutters, Bucks in six. It becomes a, you know, phenomenon around here in uh, Wisconsin when it comes to our Milwaukee Bucks team and how many games they should win a series in. They did it against the Atlanta Hawks, Bucks and six in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now they have an opportunity tonight, Rowdy, to have Bucks and six with the Phoenix Suns at the Pfizer Forum. So I asked that, and you had said, Brett, what about Brandon Jennings on tonight? Yeah, he's got to be there. I mean, there's no, there would be nothing better and more poetic than Brandon Jennings leading a Bucks and six chant at the end of the game with the Bucks ahead, looking like they're about to wrap up an NBA championship. So yeah, I mean, it, you have to have Brandon Jennings there. And I, at this point, the, I really don't think that people care if Aaron Rodgers are there. And that's the Twitter poll. Who would you rather have tonight in attendance at the Pfizer Forum? Aaron Rodgers or Brandon Jennings, the young buck himself? 
And I'll be completely honest, I think the polls is a good one because obviously Aaron Rodgers, MVP, Super Bowl champion, one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. A lot of people know who he is. A lot of people have been a fan to him for a decade. I'm going to say a lot of Milwaukee Bucks fans, current Bucks fans, don't even know who Brandon Jennings is. It's funny because I I had a Facebook post after the Bucks beat the Nets and I said something about Bucks in six. Um, you know, or no, I'm sorry, it was over the Atlanta Hawks. I had a Facebook post about Bucks in six. And someone who I know for a fact never watched a regular season NBA game in their life, probably never really cared about the Milwaukee Bucks until right now. Uh, she had said something and she wasn't the only one. There's a couple of guys that and this is not garnered towards one person specifically, but it inspired this conversation. She had said, but you said Bucks in five over the Atlanta Hawks. And I go, I know I said that, but I also wouldn't, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Brandon Jennings, the prophet that he is with Bucks in six. And then she went on to like, kind of try to like say, I didn't know what I was talking about. It was, it was very bizarre. And I said back to her, I'm like, sounds like you don't know who Brandon Jennings is or where Bucks and Six was born from. Rowdy, to your point, and this is fine. I'm glad that a lot of people are jumping on the Bucks bandwagon. Getting behind Giannis Adenokumbo is one of the best things you can do. When it comes to sport entities, Giannis Adenokumbo is the most likable guy out there. Giannis Adenokumbo Rowdy is like, is like the sports unicorn when it comes to guys who aren't nefarious, who don't have a checkered past, who aren't teaming up with China, who aren't selling you know out their own countrymen. This is a this is a guy in Giannis Adenokumbo who literally is like the sports unicorn, like I said. He's rare like Mr. Clean with hair. Rowdy, Giannis Adenokumbo is like untainted. Am I wrong in saying that? Well, well, what the point with Brandon Jennings? I mean, he played, he was drafted by the Bucks. Oh yeah, what he, I was saying was this person didn't know who Brandon Jennings was, saying they're a giant Bucks fan. Like, he played for the Bucks from 2009 to 2013, and then had the little, I guess you would say, reuniting with the Milwaukee Bucks for like what 10, 15 games, like in 17 and 18, where he came back when those teams were beat up. Yeah, I mean, so basically. If they weren't watching the Milwaukee Bucks or paying attention from almost a decade ago, you'd have no idea who Brandon Jennings was for the most part. Yeah, and there's nothing. Listen, there's nothing wrong with not knowing who Brandon Jennings is or you know jumping on the bandwagon right now. But if you're going to be out there in full force, that's why I played the clip of Brandon Jennings. So if you weren't aware of how Bucks and Six of you know was born, there you go. It's Brandon Jennings in 2013 before they got their asses handed to him by the Miami Heat. Yeah, and also like. Roughly in a decade when Giannis is post 35 and mm-hmm. the team is aged and out of its window for really winning a championship. Yeah. That person will also not be a Bucks fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great to gar- like gravitate towards Giannis, but this is where Bucks and six is born from the young Bucks. Let's, let's go to the phone. Squack. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Bobby, I've been saving this for you, buddy. Saving. Your love of Mike Budenholzer. Now's your time. Oh, well, yeah. As the official spokesperson for the Mike Budenholzer fan club of Wanakee, <laughs> I have not heard his name mentioned. And I just wanted to make sure to let you know that I got a text from him last night. Oh. And I did. And the troops will be ready to go tonight, and we will get a victory. Oh. Wait, Booty's guaranteeing a victory in game six? Or the head of the, cha- the Wanakee chapter is guaranteeing it? You know what? I may have massaged his work, <laughs> but, you know, I read into him, and I know what they were saying. And I'm pretty sure I'll have to take the onus. I will guarantee the win this evening. Love it. So, and I wanted to let you know I was down at the Deer District on Saturday. Yeah. And I actually was there probably four hours before the game was. I had to scoot through there because I had other stuff to do. But it was already electric four hours before the game. And I was going to go into the pro shop to get a hat. <laughs> but there was over an hour wait just to get into the pro shop. Jesus. Well, Bobby, and, Bobby, did you hear the news? They're opening up this. They added five more acres now for the Deer District. 65,000-plus fans now are going to be in. It should be amazing. It was, like I said, it was four hours at least before game. And it was already starting to pack up. And, like, all the restaurants, everything was 
Bowl. It was the coolest. It's it's any and I didn't even stay till game time, but the vibe already up there was off the hook. I can't even imagine what it'll be like tonight. But you guys didn't give Booty any love. I got to give him some love before we the game. Save it for you. Make Bobby. sure that he gets his proper respect. You know, because he's going to leave our troops tonight to a victory. Yes. And I just want to make sure he gets the proper recognition that he deserves. I, I love it, Bobby. I'll play. I'll play just for you a Mike Budenholzer clip coming up. But Bob, I mean, you've been a Wisconsin sports fan for a very long time, my friend. It's been 50 years since the Bucks won. It's been 10 a decade now since a Wisconsin sports team has won a championship. How does it feel after you guaranteed a Bucks victory with Mike Budenholzer's words that you massaged? How does it feel to be, you know, right here just to take the final step on top of the mountain? I feel amazing. I feel amazing. It's like you said, I'm not going to talk about my my plums like you did yesterday at extent, but I will say <laughs> it does feel like a multiple drug rush that you oh know, my God. sitting on that very nice epitome and that message i sent you yesterday did come off weird after you were talking about your erection i have to be honest with you oh my i still have an erection bob i've had an erection ever since scott um saturday night well i didn't see the conversation going this way but i guess it is what it (laughs) Ah, is bobby i'm not going to call a physician either i'm just going to enjoy it i like it i I mean did you not get bobby Bobby, this is all hypothetically speaking did you not get rock hard when Giannis nakumo took that oop from uh drew holiday and threw it down Okay, so I have to laugh. You brought that up. So hypothetically speaking, I'm watching. I'm watching it at the house, and I'm in bed watching it. And my wife is out cold. So I saw the ball go up. I wanted to jump up, and I literally flipped her out of bed when he plopped that thing down. And she's like, "What the hell is going on in here?" And I had to laugh because no, that was amazing. I was just scared that he wasn't going to catch it and get there. But it was like that was the epitome. I'm like, that is the closer. That's the straw that broke their back. Yeah. That's why I am extremely confident that we were going to go in and blow them out tonight. <laughs> the Bobby calling the blowout. I love it, dude. I love it. Dude, you know me. I'm all about positivity and confidence. Same. Same. And I get that from my boy, Budenholzer. <laughs> confidence. <laughs> swagger. Yeah, you got that booty swag. That's right, baby. Well, all right, Bob. I love the pop-up, and thanks for sharing the, the massage message from Mike Budenholzer and the calling for the blow, and I love it, dude. All right, baby. Much love. Much Have love, a good Bobby. Day. See you, buddy. I'll say this. Yeah, I will you, I will kiss Mike Budenholzer's booty after they win it all. <laughs> I will also kiss Mike Budenholzer's booty after they win it all. Theater of the mind. That's what I like to do here on radio. Also, Twitch.tv, you can see me, Rowdy and I. Theater of the Mind. Search my name, Ebo Says, on Twitch.tv. Hit the follow button. Theater of the Mind, Rowdy. Um, theater of the Mind also exists in television. Theater of the Mind exists on online. Theater of the Mind exists everywhere. So Adam Schefter, and we'll get back to the Bucks momentarily here. In fact, we got a cat coming in. Um, Mr. Magic 98, a radio legend. Jim Bartlett's going to join us at 920. He was uh, 11 years old when the Milwaukee Bucks won their first championship in 1971. We're going to pick Jim's mind. He's got a phenomenal voice. He's got like one of the greatest radio voices of all time. So we'll talk to Jim Bartlett coming up here in about 10 minutes, uh, 15 minutes. But theater of the mind, Rowdy. Uh, Adam Schefter, you know, blue checkmark brigade, a guy that uh, prides himself right on being... The guy with the information, the man in the know, the man, the person who you need to go to when it comes to breaking news. Well, Adam Schefter tweeted out at 8 o'clock this morning, 8.03, he tweets out, This offseason, the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension that would have tied him to Green Bay for five more seasons and made him the highest-paid quarterback and player in football. Rodgers declined the offer. Proof, it's not about the money. So Adam Schefter is out here pumping this out like it's some kind of breaking news, right? Rowdy, this is just Adam Schefter trying to push you, not you, but the the general you, to watch him on TV, to click on his tweets, to click on his websites, to click on his links, to appease his corporate overlords, to say that, hey, I'm driving traffic to online or, or to the TV set. Rowdy, back in May... All the way back in the month of May, it was already reported 
that the Packers had offered Aaron Rodgers at 37 years old to make him the NFL's highest-paid quarterback. It's just the only thing that wasn't out there was how many years it was. Rowdy, this is all the way back to the month of May when we already knew this. And now Adam Schefter is out here pumping this information like it's some kind of breaking news that the world should stop and pay attention to him. What is with some of these big J's? Well, I think a lot of people, especially some Packer fans and even just NFL fans in general that have been following Schefter in the NFL just this last, I don't know, three, four months, I mm-hmm. have lost some respect for him because... You see all the stuff that came out with Aaron Rodgers and the the potential trade. And then back then it was like Schefter tried to run with it because he got scooped. Yep. And then tried to make it a bigger deal and basically yeah, Bill Michael scooped him. Basically add like a little bit of information here and a little information there, but nothing that even really mattered at all. Nothing at all. Just like, to, I talked to I talked to yeah, someone in the know. Just to make himself more relevant and to get himself in on that topic in on that I guess breaking news yeah even though he got scooped and then since then it's just been little things every once in a while when the rest of sports media has kind of died down where he's thrown out like these little nuggets it's yeah it's like dude nothing about what you've reported is new the only thing that maybe maybe is that it was for two more years than we originally thought. Well, here's another thing from Aaron Rodgers. Like we already knew that Rodgers would be the highest paid quarterback. He was coming off an MVP season. We already knew that the, an offer was extended to him, and he declined it. And something from coming from like an Aaron Rodgers perspective, he was a guy that originally said, "I want to play until I'm in my mid to late 30s." Yeah. Then then he reevaluated and he said, "Yeah, I'd like to play until I'm 40, 41." That was like his last stance, right? Mm-hmm. He signed that extension not too long ago, by the way. And it was, I believe, a four-year extension. And that still has, what, three years, including this upcoming season, three years left on it? So it's not like this has been gone or been a contract extension that's been going on for like a long time and he's near the end of it. He still technically has like almost, uh, three years left on that deal. Maybe he knows, hey... I'm getting older. I want to just play out this contract and I want to know that I'm safe in Green Bay for the rest of my contract. Then my contract's up. I'm done. I don't want to be here for five years. I mean, he's talked about uh, finding, you know, peace in the offseason and kind of getting away yeah. from football and kind of relaxing. His yin and his he aligned his Zen. He found Zen. Maybe Rodgers has, has come out and said, man, I only want to play for the Packers and I just want to play out this contract and then I'll be done. But I want to go all in for these last three years to win now because this will put me at 40, 41 years old. That's all I ever wanted to play for. I already reevaluated it one time. Maybe I don't want to be Tom Brady and I don't want to play till I'm 45. Yeah, I, I just like that makes sense. Like, yeah, that makes yeah. Or what about the fact that well, he if that's says, the case. Then how come he's not coming around or doing anything? Yeah. Well, like, what if uh, what if he didn't want to sign an extension because he doesn't want to play that long? And if he did sign an extension, maybe he'll wait a year or two to reevaluate where he's sure. at professionally. And maybe he didn't want all of that money because he goes, I want you idiots to build a team around me. I don't want the money anymore. Now, that's all just hearsay. Well, that's yeah, just me that's speculating. just speculating for sure. But there's a lot of different reasons on why he might not have wanted it. Yeah, and you got Adam Schefter out here. I can go all the way back to the month of May again, and uh, more of an Ian Rappaport guy. Just ask Ben Kenny about Ian Rappaport. But Ian Rappaport back in May says that the Packers have offered Rodgers a significant long-term contract extension, and this is nothing new. This is just Adam Schefter out here doing what these big J's do best, and that's just pedal nonsense. It's like when uh, that one guy from a major news network uh, said he had COVID-19 and he's going to go to his bunker for two weeks. And then that same guy was caught twice riding his bike around and fighting with a guy. Remember that? Fighting with some other bicyclist. And then the guy, the same guy who's this big news talking head, after two weeks, despite being caught twice when he's already out and about living his life, emerges from his bunker and starts crying and hugging his family like he hadn't seen him for two weeks, despite him being outed not once but twice and even fighting with a guy as he's had COVID. Yet they want you to believe uh, this is all brand new information or this is all like, oh, look at this story I just did, when it's all nonsense. 
some of these, like Adam Schefter, has fallen off the the, pet, the pedestal a little bit, Rowdy. Yes, especially in the last three to four months. But I mean, I think he always would have to go down a notch in everyone's book when they saw him attempt the Lambo leap. Yeah, that was tough. Because that that was like, you want to talk about being able to fit a phone book under someone? I don't even know if they could they could fit the Midwest family uh, directory under that. I don't think they could fit like a. Do they even make like Time Magazine anymore? Is that is, is Rolling Stone even a, a publication that anymore? Was, that was tough. That was like you you would you could fit like the the funny pages under it like barely. He, he Rowdy he jumped his vert was like an inch. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Adam Schefter, I don't know what you're trying to do, dude, but it's getting uh, nauseating. The whole Aaron Rodgers thing is nauseating. All of this stuff has already been out since May, and yet here we are still just yada 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 yada. All right, so there you go. There's a there's a little interesting tidbit for you for Adam Schefter. I <laughs> just like uh, one of the listeners of the show, Nick. He he chimes in from time to time. I see his reply to the Adam Schefter tweet, and it is, "Please keep Aaron Rodgers off your keyboard and out of your mouth." Out of point, Nick. Uh, all right, Rowdy. So another thing that uh, I wanted to bring up before we get back to the Milwaukee Bucks is this. The Milwaukee Brewers were going to go at seven ten today, and or tonight, and then they said, you know what? There's this little game called Game Six where the Bucks could potentially win the NBA Finals happening at eight o'clock. We're actually going to reevaluate our start time here and then come back. Well, they came back and said they're going to go at three ten. So the Milwaukee Brewers are going to go at three ten. How perfect has this schedule worked out for the Milwaukee Brewers and the Milwaukee Bucks? Obviously, Brewers have a ton of off days. In the month of July, not uh, if you count the All Star break, they had four days as a team, but then they have another three days for the last two weeks of July, and it just so happens that they had an off day yesterday, which then makes it a little easier to say, "Hey, let's play a day game after after an off day." Yeah, no doubt. Works so it's out been perfect. great. It's been worked out perfectly. So they're going to be at three ten now uh, as they welcome in the Royals to American Family Field. And Adam McKelvey tweeted this out last night. Alert, alert, alert. The Brewers are flipping their starters against the Royals. It's now Brett Anderson on Tuesday, today, and Eric Lauer is throwing on Wednesday. So, Rowdy, we find out who's going to be pitching. And the Brewers, I mean, the Brewers, I know it's been three games since the All-Star break, but I will say it, they are hot right now. They were looking pretty good. And now they have an opportunity to uh, pounce on the Royals. As did the Reds lose last night? They did against the Mets. So the cut or the, that, the speaking oh, of fifteen to eleven, yeah, Jesus! If you like uh, high scoring games, that was a club fest. Uh, the Cardinals beat the Cubs last night as well, eight to three. And if you look at the NL Central, the Brewers are now seven and a half games up on the Cincinnati Reds. So it goes: Brewers at fifty six and thirty nine. Reds are forty eight and forty six. Cardinals are at five hundred forty seven and forty seven. The Cubs. Are forty six and forty eight, and then the Pirates, thirty six and fifty eight. Yeah, and you have a lot of rumors going on, obviously, about how the Cubs are going to sell off. You have a lot of rumors talking about what should the Milwaukee Brewers do? Do they add a first or third baseman? Are they just strictly going to go after relief pitching? And then you hear about Cincinnati, and I, I personally haven't heard a ton of trade deadline talk about Cincinnati. They're a team that's two games over five hundred now. They were right in, which a lot of people felt were kind of in a driver's seat, being able they could uh, kind of control their own destiny if they would have won that series with the Brewers coming out of the break because they did erase that Brewers lead to just four games, and a sweep would have made it just one. Mm -hmm. But now, obviously, they've fallen back. Now they lost to the, the Mets last night, seven and a half out. That bullpen, you just can't unsee how bad that bullpen is. <laughs> no, I mean... You're you're talking about it as a Brewer fan. You're like on Twitter and you're like, okay, well, the Milwaukee Brewers have a really good starting rotation. As long as they can keep the Cincinnati bats down a little bit and it's a close game, the Brewers bullpen, top 10, top 11 bullpen in the league, Cincinnati's one of the worst. You just got to keep it close because you know that the Cincinnati pen's going to blow it. And they have most of the time when the Brewers have played and kept it close. Oh, yeah. They love blowing it. Haven't really heard a ton of rumors on what they're anticipating to do this uh, deadline. Obviously, you're going to have to imagine it's got to be something with bullpen. Mm -hmm. But they did get Michael Lorenzen back. And Amir Garrett going into that Brewers series had been throwing the ball well. Well, he got tagged against the Brewers. Yeah. So, obviously, it's going to be bullpen if they do something. 
And then there's St. Louis, who's sitting there at 500 with all of their uh, they're injured. Their, there's so much their pitchers injured, and it goes well. Is it really worth it for them to really go out and do anything, or should they just kind of stand pat and finish the season out how it's going to go? Yeah. Obviously, we know the Cubs are selling, and the Pirates can basically do whatever they want. Most likely going to sell. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The Pirates, it doesn't matter. So Royals coming in. Um, Royals three ten afternoon affair. The Royals. What are they sitting at here out there in the AL? They are 37 and 55. They're 19 games out of first place of the AL Central of the White Sox. Do you, do you remember? They're two of eight their last time. Early, also early, big. early in the major league season when you look at it and we were like, man, Milwaukee Brewers after that first like couple of weeks where they just couldn't score any runs and they got really hot for like those next two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they were like, one of the best teams in baseball, and they were tied with the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Both teams were like 15 and 10 or 15 and 11, whatever it was, roughly after the first month plus of baseball. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, oh, I think the Royals have a pretty decent team. They got a nice young ball club. And I was just like, dude, they've played a ton of games against the Tigers, and and they've, they haven't faced any good teams. Well, both teams really went in a slump. Remember, when, that was when the Brewers started losing. Yep. And Kansas City has just continued to lose. They're yeah, obviously they not a good team. They're they exactly stink. who everyone thought they were. But, yeah, it's it's a series where we knew they weren't a great team when they came in and played the Brewers earlier in the season, but that was when the Brewers were Still absolutely – finding themselves. That was when they were absolutely slumping, and they got swept in two games against yeah, the, the Kansas the City. The Brewers are trying to find themselves, Rowdy. I think there's going to be some payback. You talk about Pain. payback, like with the Cincinnati Reds. Pain. I think there's going to be some payback against the Kansas City Royals, and it's kind of nice that the Brewers do have six uh, serviceable starting pitchers where you can throw the Eric Lowers of the world. You can throw uh, the Brett Andersons of the world we, uh, and feel pretty good about your chances. We were joking uh, about a tweet off air a little bit, you know, what, maybe two hours ago when RJ was in here. Uh, Adam McKelvey had quote tweeted someone because there was McKelvey threw out the alert that the Brewers are flipping their starters against the Royals. It'll be Brett Anderson tonight, then Eric Lauer on Wednesday. And then someone tweeted at McKelvey saying, I can't stand Brett Anderson on the mound. Almost a guaranteed loss. Uh, but I said that about Hauser. Now look at him. McKelvey quotes the tweet and says, "The Brewers are seven and six when Brett Anderson takes them out." <laughs> and that's what I said to you. And it was when like, RJ name a bad was still starter. here. I'm like, name a starter for the Milwaukee Brewers that's had more than a few starts that has pitched bad, and no one can do it. No. I mean, you have your top three guys in Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta that are all all stars. You have your, you have Adrian Hauser who's got an ERA under four. You have Eric Lauer who's got an ERA under four. And then on top of that, you had Brett Anderson, who, like you just said, has made 13 starts with a winning record. Mm -hmm. And he's got an ERA under four and a half. If you told any Major League Baseball club that you would have potentially six starting pitchers, all with an ERA under four and a half, and three of them are all-stars, anyone would, would kill for that. Oh yeah, they would be they would totally kill for that. And now we the bullpen had been coming into its own. Guys seemed like they started finding their roles and were and were pitching well in their roles. They knocked down their team ERA to to 10th. They knocked mm-hmm. down their team whip to 11th. It's becoming a, a a solid bullpen with defined roles and then all of a sudden you have to put Devin Williams on the IL and potentially put a Boxberger on the IL. Yeah, I mean the but, Brewers. But outside of that, you get healthy and maybe you add a couple of uh, arms from the trade deadline in the next couple of weeks. I mean, you feel I guess ten days. You're feeling pretty good, especially because Hunter Strickland has been a great pickup. Former closer for the Giants, former All Star. He's been really good. Boxberger, who's a former All Star and closer for the Marlins, he was a guy they brought in as a minor league deal for with a uh, camp invite. Mm-hmm. He made the team. He's been really good for the most part. Obviously, Devin Williams, when healthy, has been good. He hasn't been Devin Williams in 2020, but that was pretty impossible to duplicate. Josh Hader is having his one of his best career years. And you're just going right down the line. When you had him, you had uh, Fire Eisen gave you all he could. Yeah, fire. I mean, they, they've had a ton of guys that have all just... And now, even one step further, you talk about guys who pulled up from AAA. We're talking about the Jake Cousins of the world that's been really good. The Miguel Sanchez's of the world that's been really good in their roles. 
There it is. You look at the the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen and what they currently have, and you can't really argue or be upset with anyone for how they've performed in their given role. The only one where where you can argue about, man, maybe he's better left as a spot starter, a long reliever is Suter, and that's not Suter's fault that he's being brought in in, in the extra innings with guys on base, which doesn't placate to his skill set. Yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, coming up, we're going to have our guy Jim Bartlett coming up, talks and bucks. Radio legend Jim Bartlett, my man. Jim, get your ass in here if you're listening. Uh, real quick, though, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos has made it back from the edge of space. Two billionaires now, Richard Branson and now Jeff Bezos, was da- tabbed both of them to go to space again. They never went to space. They went to the edge of space. And then came back. So Jeff Bezos, unfortunately, has come back. <laughs> Many my, people want him to stay up there and never come back. But my he has biggest come back. thing is, okay, obviously they're extremely wealthy. They have the money to do it. But why? Who cares? Yeah, why, do you, why don't you actually go to space? Why do you go to the edge of space? Like, Richard Branson did not go to space. Jeff Bezos did not go to space. It's, they did a suborbital space flight that was at the edge of of space, like, am I like? Please don't come back. Am I like a little bit uh, in the minority here? That even if they figured out a way to go to 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 the moon or to Mars for like everyone, I wouldn't really care to go. <laughs> like, I mean, they spent billions of dollars already to go to the edge of space after telling us they're going to go to space. They never went to space. They went to the edge of space. They didn't go to space. I don't. I don't. Why do you spend billions of dollars just to fly really high? You can, you can, if, Rowdy, you could go find, uh, you could be anti-gravity, essentially float around by dropping down in an elevator Believe shaft. it or not, I actually like Earth enough to where I'd never need to leave this atmosphere. Same, I'm cool on Earth. I was once interviewed by AllRadio.com, and they asked me uh, a question about, you know, radio guys that I liked a lot. And I said, one man and one man alone, Jim Bartlett. The master of Magic 98 and the illustrious career. But, Jim, there's nothing better than hearing your voice on uh, Saturday at the 70s. That was that was so nice of you to say that to that guy. Well, I mean, I listen mean, listen to the voice, Jim. That's 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 way more than I deserve, but thank you. The voice is incredible, Jim. <laughs> it's uh, It reminds me of all the warm feelings I've ever had about radio is when I hear your voice. Wow. It's uh, it's that. <clears throat> there's something about it, Jim. So tell the fine folks, you know, how, how you got into radio and your career in radio. Then we'll dive into the Bucks, obviously. Well, I, uh, you know, was one of those AM radio kids back at the back in the early '70s. I had, a, I had a, my first radio had only got AM and had tubes in it. That's really? how old I am. Love it and love the, you know, the great top forty stations, WLS and Wisdom in Madison and sure. all that kind of stuff. And 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 decided I wanted to do radio, and did it. Uh, I I have a degree in radio and television. Uh, which is the most useless degree in the world? Go out and major, <laughs> go out and major in like uh, Chaucer or something like that. Don't major in broadcasting. That's kid. funny. Um, worked full time in radio for fourteen years. Tried to get out of it. Was actually out of it for eight or nine years. Yeah. Got sucked back into it here with these stations of Midwest Family Broadcasting sure. in twenty oh six. Been on Magic since twenty oh eight. Uh, took over the afternoon show uh, as a permanent full-time gig here earlier this spring. I don't know whether you know that or not. I did, I did not know that, yes. Jim. Congratulations, Thank you. I am now. I'm now here like every day. I, know, I see all, all, and, every day in the halls. And, I love it. And I to, I've told people, yeah, I told people for years, I said, you aren't going to like me as well when you get to know me better. I, so throughout the years, Jim, I've had nothing but more love for you. <laughs> so it's kind of a risk for me showing up every day. But but here it. I am, and I'm really happy to be sitting in with you guys this morning. Well, Jim, I love... Uh, I enjoy you got, what you guys do every day. I know, I love your, your you know, your when you peel the curtain back of some of the... Um, I mean, you already dated yourself. Some of the older sports yeah, happenings. Yeah, I said on social media this morning, I'm your kindly sports grandpa coming I love to it. pay a visit. I love it. So, Jim, uh, you, and we've talked about this before. I think we... When did we do this last? Like two years ago we were talking about the Bucks or a it year ago? It was sometime during the playoffs a year ago, I think. Because I can actually remember. I think it was the, two years ago now. Maybe. I can remember the '71 playoff. Run. So that's why I wanted you to come in to you know yeah. share to the people of the trials and tribulations through all of the 50 years that we've now been living through. <laughs> so what was it like? To, uh, were you 11 years old when the Bucks won? Yeah, '70 '71. I, I I really started getting into sports when I was like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. So when they won the coin toss and they were able to draft Lou Alcindor, I knew who he was and I knew what the impact was. 
and uh, very quickly got you know, started watching the NBA. And there, there was a point when I could give you the starting five from any team in the NBA along about 1971. Really? Yeah. I, I was just watched it all the time. There were not the number of games on television that there are now. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. I feel get, like the contracts weren't as uh, exorbitant either. You would get like Chris Schenkel and Jack Twyman or Chris Schenkel and Bill Russell doing a game <laughs> on Sunday afternoon. Occasionally you would get Eddie Doucette doing a local uh, a game on local TV yeah. or trying to catch him on the radio. <laughs> but there was not the media that there was. And I think we've talked about this in the yeah. past, that oh, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a mystique. There was a mystique in that era that sports has lost now. I mean, everything, every cool thing that happens is on SportsCenter that night. It's on sure. YouTube. It's on or, Twitter immediately. It, it's on the team's social media feed immediately. I mean, yeah. that Giannis dunk... The, the 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 alley oop and the block yeah. were seen around the world literally five minutes after they happened like that. But back in the day, you might you might not see that until the six o'clock news the next night, <laughs> or maybe when you get your newspaper the next and day. And when there's two nationally televised major league baseball games on in a week, and all you know about. Some of these players, like, like Mark the Bird Fidrich back in the mid-70s, the guy that groomed the mound with his hands and talked to the baseball, yeah. we all read about him in the sports page, but but you could not see him. You had to buy a ticket to go to the ballpark if you're lucky enough to go. And he uh, he started a national TV game in the summer of 76, in the days of Monday Night Baseball. Mm -hmm. And it was I think it was the highest-rated TV show of the week because mm. people wanted to see this guy. So it, it was... And you know, immediately I've been here like two minutes and slip into the it was better in my day mode. Well, and I, I, sl I slip and into I that too. And I don't mean to do that. No, no, no. I slip well, into but, that too as the, in the 90s and the early 2000s even, Jim. Like before the internet, it was such a, you said it best, the mystique. The So the experience, the, the experience of the 71 team was different for fans, I think, than the experience is now. Just because we've, the technology has advanced, the the, the, it's the crazy. place of sports of our the place sports has in our lives has changed. And you talk, you talked about how media has changed and how your access to all the I guess videos and information has changed with social media with the internet. But you were talking about how you might not see the highlight until the next night at six. Right? Wasn't I know it was Olympics, but weren't even some of the major broadcasting games oh, yeah, even delayed. on tape delay? The NBA put the finals on tape delay for three years in 79, 80, 81. That's madness. I, I was just doing some research on this not long ago. There was a perception that the NBA was uh, populated by bad people, drug users. There was a... There was a well, if you watch the last dance of Michael Jordan, that was what chased the Chicago Bulls was uh, in the in the eighties. Was that they're all just habitual drug users and just wanted to party. That's why they sucked. There was also a perception that the NBA was a niche sport mm -hmm. and that it wouldn't draw big numbers except in the sports you know the 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 sports time slots on Saturday and Sunday. So they put what year was I looking into nineteen eighty I think seventy nine or eighty they put four games of the finals on at 1030 at night after the late local news. <laughs> and what they're running in prime time wow. is, you know, made for TV movies yeah. about, you know, women in danger and that kind of thing. It was just the, the, the idea that sports would draw eyeballs in sufficient numbers or that the NBA would draw eyeballs in sufficient numbers was foreign. So what was it like? Now, obviously, were you consuming it through radio? Or the Bucks 1971 championship? Was it radio? Was it you know on the TV? What, what was a young 11-year-old Jim Bartlett doing? <laughs> well, by the time the finals rolled around, all the games were on TV. Yeah. And I was watching uh, some of the highlights uh, of the clinching game of of the 71 finals. And I don't, I don't have a specific memory of sitting there in the living room watching that game, but I know I was watching it. I would not have missed it. Yeah. And I, I watch that stuff now, and I see you know the sky hook. Or I Love see you know, Bring Os back. Oscar Robertson making the making the dish or doing what Oscar Robertson would do or or or, or, or Bob Dandridge flying to the hoop like he would do. Yeah. And I I I think, you know, that was that was the basketball that I wanted to see and that was that was what I wanted to watch. And those kind of hazy images are what floats around now when I think about the seventy one finals. So we're talking a lot about the seventies, but you also saw the eighties that were a little before our time. Yes. And I so we he always talks about the nut kick continuum about how you know, the Wisconsin you know about the nut kick I, I, yes <laughs> the Wisconsin four teams are right there <laughs> but they can't quite win was that kind of what it felt like 
before, I guess, the current nut kick continuum <laughs> with the 80s Bucks because they always seemed like they were one of the better teams in the East could do it. but couldn't get... Yeah, they just, for whatever reason, could not get over the hump. And I... I kind of fell away in my NBA fandom. Sure, I, yeah. I I realized that I was a fan of Kareem. Yeah. And when he went to the Lakers, I kind of fell away from following the Bucks. But yeah, I mean it was it's it's frustrating and that's that's what makes the NBA hard to watch I think for a lot of people is it it is so hard to get to where the Bucks are well, right in, now. It's insanity. It's I mean, insane. how good were those teams the last two years? And they just so, couldn't get over the hump. But even going back to the 80s, you know, you had you had all of these great stars in the East, and the Bucks just, you know, they, they weren't they weren't going to get past. Yeah, the, they, they were good, but they weren't good enough. Yeah. So, Jim, let me ask you. I mean, obviously, you know, you enamored with it as a as a as an eleven year old kid watching the Bucks win their first finals, and then obviously fell out. I think that's just goes with things in life. You, it's like a roller coaster. Your things come, things go. You have a limited number of things yeah. you can devote your attention. to. And as to. you're growing yeah. up, and you know, to the successful radio career that you are, you're focusing your attention on family and your career and everything in between. And so, Jim, let me ask you: Now that the Bucks are here in the NBA Finals, do you find yourself now gravitating towards them again? You know, I started watching. And how much has the game changed for, oh for you gosh. watching it? Yes, I mean, I I sat down to watch one of the games in the Brooklyn series, and I I, I tweeted that I was looking forward to uh, seeing uh, twenty second injury timeouts and three to make two, <laughs> which is what I remember from back in the old days. But I I watch a lot of college basketball still. Yeah, and it took me a while before I could could get my brain around what the NBA game is doing. Right, and it's completely different. Yeah, and 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 I'm still. I still find myself getting very annoyed when a, when they'll take the ball up the court, pull up and shoot a three. Yeah, and it's like, dude, Giannis, take it to the hoop. Yeah, you know, and 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 I, I get I, three the hard way. I like that inside game more than I like the bombing away from three point. Well, that's game. how they're gonna get the you know that's how they're gonna take to the Suns tonight. You know, you pound it down low. Yeah, I uh, that's so, that's what I'd like to see him do. You gravitated towards obviously Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Lou Alcindor. When you see a player in the story, because I'm I'm sure you've done your research on Giannis Adenakumbo. When you see the 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 Giannis and his story coming from nothing in Greece, a family that literally was poor, they shared shoes. You know his his parents, you know, came up you know illegally to Greece to find a better life. Great phenomenal story. John Hammond goes overseas, finds this kid in like a dilapidated gym, brings him over, and they have nothing but trust in him and faith that he'll grow into something. What's it like to see Giannis Adenakumbo now? Uh, on the precipice of being a champion. That's the part of the story that I respond to. Because what, what I don't know about basketball could fill a basketball arena. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not the guy that's going to break down the game. But the thing I love about Giannis is that Giannis, he's just a great human being. Right. And, I, and I think if he was... I think if he was waiting tables, he'd be a great human being. He just... He understands who he is, he understands what his role is, he knows where he is. Dude wants to be in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the I I did you guys honestly think that the Bucks were going to be able to re-sign him? Well, I thought I thought they were just because from everything that he's shown since 2013, he seemed pretty loyal and he had said the right things, but there was like a little part of me that says well, LA's got bright lights. Well, yeah. New York's got bright lights. Maybe there is something to it. Here's the Knicks owner saying, here's a half a billion dollars. You well, know, Jim, what it here. is is, yeah, that's what it is. Money now controls everything in sports, right? Money is corrupts all, except I guess Giannis Adenokounmpo. <laughs> Which, to your point, naive, or not naive, but like generally, he when he was drafted by the Bucks, he did say, or he tweeted out uh, a year later, I, I want to bring a championship to Milwaukee. He tweeted out, I have loyalty in my DNA. And then he had a buck emoji. It's like this dude, which is rare because, you know, when you saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar leave the city of Milwaukee, I mean, the city of Milwaukee is very polarizing, obviously, especially when you're at, in the 70s, like you're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All right. I, I couldn't imagine being like a seven-foot-tall black man in a predominantly white area. Like, he's, he's talked about that. that he's been very that candid itself, about that over the years. Obviously, things have changed, but some things still, you know, stay the same, sadly. But the fact that Giannis legitimately wants to stay in Milwaukee and there's nothing nefarious about him, there's nothing. There's no ill will to Giannis, and it's just this guy that seems like he's 
He's literally like the most likable guy in professional sports. That makes it very easy to root for him, and I think it helped me get back on the bandwagon a little bit. Because how can you not like that guy? Uh, so, so that's that. That I think that, can, we can know like his free throws, but that's a different. Well, story. yeah, that's that, <laughs> yeah. There, there is that. But he's 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 a very easy person to root for, and the more you learn about this team, the more they are. Easy to root for. Bobby Portis has got the top-selling shirt in Milwaukee right now. Isn't he awesome? I mean, everybody who's bought the Giannis shirts is buying Portis shirts now, yeah. apparently. So, Jim, uh, what are you doing for the game tonight? Are you going to go to the Deer District? Are we going to see you with the 65,000-plus? That's going to be like the fifth-largest city in Wisconsin <laughs> if everybody shows up. I, I think— I think They added five acres. I know it. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Well, my, my wife is actually out of town this week. The cat and I are home alone. Jim, it's time to it's time to take the cat out and start going. Well, wild. actually, I, I, I'm 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 going to w- be watching it at a neighborhood watering hole because there oh. are times when you want to be in a crowd of people. Yeah, uh, and and I think tonight is one of those is going to be one of those times. Hey, Jim, uh, before we let you go, thank you so much. I love talking to you about that stuff, man. Your voice is incredible. Can I get like a Curtis Mayfield move on up? Like, can you front sell this song for me? This is this is a move on up. Yeah. Do you want to talk over the ramp here? Uh, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. It's always great to be on the Zone Morning Show with Ebo and and Nelson and all of you listening in at uh, 1670 AM and uh, 96.7 FM. Got Move On Up for you. It's Curtis Mayfield on the Zone. I just kind of, kind of, kind of hoping I'd get there, and I got there. Jim, that's Jim Bartlett. Epic. Thanks, guys. Love it. Thank you, Jim, so much. Magic 98. This guy's where it's at.